Lights, and you're listening to P.S. Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, we review the Bunbury Music Festival and talk to one of the bands, the Arkells. Yeah, we, so we try our best to, to look at every show as an opportunity to you know, make something special happen to make a memory for someone. Because like, for us, it's like we can remember those early shows where we like, saw a band do something that like, yeah. made us dizzy. You know, and I was like, so excited. So a bit of a different show this week. Like I said, we're going to review the festival, we're going to talk to the Arkells, and they're going to play our song of the week. Spoiler alert, it's from the band we talked to. Let's do that review first, though. <laughs> Alright, we're, we're going to do our Bunbury review here, and uh, this is the first time using the new microphone with... Uh, someone besides myself, and hopefully this is going to work out. Uh, hopefully you're going to be loud enough. Hannah Ruth, uh, fangirl. Hello, hello. I'm always loud enough. Yes, that's true. Alright, so, uh, thoughts overall on Bunbury 2017? Um, I liked most of the people I saw. I just wish I was seeing more people that I like. The lineup was not very us at all. No, and it seems they divided it up this year purposely to have more of the electronic-y people on Saturday mm-hmm. and more of like the, you know, old rocky people on Friday. And, and the electronic people that I've never heard of, that was like the most busy day. It was, and but everybody really enjoyed them, I think. Yeah. Well, let's look at it Friday. I think, the, of course, another thing, the first band came on at 1.30. And unfortunately, I think what really hurts a lot of the bands is that on Friday is that a lot of people aren't out of work yet. Mm-hmm. And so I guess they're until the evening, so... Uh, I saw a few minutes of who was it? Was it Civil Twilight? Civil no, Twilight was good. I saw Civil. You Twilight. saw that? Okay, July Talk is who I saw. They're pretty nice. Uh, kind of a, a, a rocky sound. I forget who they put me in the mind of. I put it in my notes for the Pop Culture Beast Review, but I did not arrive until just before the Shins at six thirty. And uh, mute I'll, math was good. They were really good. Um, I guess uh, I was reading about them. They're uh, people call them a Christian band because they love the baby Jesus, Aww. like our friend Lights. But they and like the Ryan Re- K. And Lion K, but they sued and and Owl City. Yeah. But they, they sued the record label for marketing them as a Christian band because I guess they didn't want to be you know pigeonholed. Yeah. But uh, that's so interesting. They were really interesting. Yeah, they were interesting in that they were um, they're kind of described as a jam band. I can see that, but they're also they got really electronicy and really noisy at the end. Yeah. The, the, at the end, the guitar player was playing can only be described as a bank of foot pedals that they use for their guitar effects. And it was really interesting, but that's how they finished their set. So it was really good. And because I always forget how much we like the Shins. Shins are good. Uh, Liz, uh, producer Lizzie standing by to give her a review of the 1975. Olivia Oh, and then of course Death Cab. And um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure, but Death Cab may just have finished playing. I oh my heart. god, that was ridiculous! <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and I knew they weren't going to play uh, the sound of settling, so I was already prepared for that. Yeah. But uh, again, they're one of those groups you're like, oh yeah, they, they do this song. I so. always forget. Yeah, I always forget Ghost of Beverly Drive is them, and I love yeah. that song. And that always reminds me of the OC because the one character on the OC that was yeah. their favorite band. All right, and then uh, did you stay for Wiz? No. Okay, I didn't stay for Wiz either. No, so. right. no, not I. Yeah, that's interesting uh, for a headline pick. Oh, another yeah, overall really comment. If people want to, people outside of Cincinnati are curious about our festival. Just go to Google Earth and then kind of 3D the river, and between the bridge that's right by the arena 
and then what's called the Purple People Bridge. And on the other side of that, you'll see there's two kind of areas, and that's where they set up the festival. And on the left-hand side, if you're looking north, uh, there was what we call this, they have an actual amphitheater built into what's called the Serpentine Wall. And this year, uh, it, they couldn't use it because it was all full of mud because yeah. it had rained heavily a couple of weeks prior and they hadn't gotten the mud cleaned off. But, so they went and switched it back the way they used to do it when the previous promoters had it and the two big stages faced each other, which people didn't like, but I think it worked out really well this year because people on that river stage are really popular Mm-hmm. And then it overflows onto the sidewalk, yep. and then you can't get by. So I, I think it worked out really well for everybody. Um, we Saturday, who did we get to? Oh, we got well, we got there early Saturday, didn't we? I don't remember seeing anybody except for oh, Liberty Deep Down. Like they they were yeah. they might have a couple of funky Orwells. Yeah, I can right? see that. Okay, cool. And they did an acoustic. Oh, I loved later. Friendship. That's what we got there yeah. right around Friendship, and that was really good. Yes, Friendship. <laughs> Friendship who contacted us. I'm so, oh, <laughs> contacted us. Hey, we'd love to do an interview with you. And I think they contacted us because of the pop culture beast, which they also would have been interviewed yeah. for. But when I said, "Oh yeah, and I'd like to have them on the podcast," and I sent links to the other musical guests that had been on, uh, you know, Lights and uh, Midshore, Walter Box, and yeah, and uh, they were like, "Oh gee, their schedule's really tight. <laughs> I don't know if they'll be able to do it." So we're not mad at them. They were going to be the song of the week this week, but they're not going to be. Uh, I'm going to put oh. them back. No, be, you'll we'll find out why we're going to be Sunday. Yeah, it becomes. You're like we're week. not mad at them, but they're not uh, getting song of the week and anymore. And then VHS <laughs> collection. Here's another nitpicky thing. Uh, for the, and this is wow. for press people. Was uh, I like VHS collection a lot too? And we were supposed to interview them, and they reached out, and then we're going to do the interview. But when yeah. the promoter set this up. There were two trailers. One was the marketing trailer, and on the other half of it, it said interview in progress, and then on the other side of the PlayStation trailer presentation Mm -hmm. was the media trailer and VHS collections had meet us at the media trailer so I did and they never showed up (laughs) and it turns out they were waiting in the marketing trailer in the interview room so we're not mad at them for that I I blame Bunbury for that yeah Uh, what did they get (gasps) Haley Kiyoko was so cool I love her I love her so much yeah Yeah, I I liked her yeah Yeah. I didn't know that that was on Saturday oh I've heard of her Yeah. yeah that's what Spotify suggests for me same there you go. Uh, girls like girls. Yes, that's what did, I did. did not like Tech Nine as much as I thought I would. Yeah, he was okay. I was I was forced to see Tech Nine because my boyfriend is both a metalhead and a rap fan, and so yeah. he was like, "I love this." And I'm like, say, "Okay." You, you say Tech, I say Nine. Oh my god, that was think, the whole show. <laughs> you think he listens to Ludacris? Oh, that was funny. Yeah. Oh, oh. Speaking of Ludacris. When we went to Fashion Meets Music Festival and yes. Chris randomly played Smells Like Teen Spirit and started right. yelling, yeah. Wiz Khalifa did the same thing oh my God. on Friday. I wasn't there. I saw a video, but it made me uh, happy. Pretty Lights Live were rappier than I thought they were going to be. Yeah. yeah. Because th- this was more like techno-y hip-hop day. Mm-hmm. And uh, that being said, it was a lot of people. I think the people, even though people didn't know they weren't what you call household names, yeah. I think people really enjoyed them. Like, yeah. Especially People friendship. just came to have a new area to do acid in. It wasn't anything <laughs> to do with the bands. I guess so. Oh, did you see Dram? Oh my god, Dram? Yes. And I like, okay, Dram's hit is Broccoli, which is like an intense weed yelling song. And so I thought that was going to be the whole set, but he's like so wholesome and pure and all of his other oh, songs were saying. like really slow. And he yeah. was like, everyone, y'all better love your mamas. And I was like, oh, oh this is so cute. It was a very wholesome performance. He jumped out into the, into the photo pit and like ran up the aisle to, ah. to, to talk to people. It oh, was really cool. cute. He was really, really sweet. And you did not stay for Bass Nectar. Not how. They were Saturday's headliners. We missed two headliners in a row there. <laughs> well. Um, but I mean, isn't that all like, it's... 
Is, you just it, go there to do acid. You don't actually like the music. Yeah, see, that violates my motto, doesn't it? Yeah. There you go. Four minutes out. Yes. <laughs> I could have saved for one song. Yeah, like last year, I was forced to stay for a chunk of Dead Mouse, and I was like, cool, uh, I got the experience within five minutes. Anyways, let's go. <laughs> so it brings us to Sunday. We got there a Sunday. The good day. I insisted everybody get there early because I wanted to see um, White Reaper, uh, another band that was too busy to talk to us. And how busy can these guys be? I don't know. But um, they're really good. They should be busy. That's the thing, though. Yeah, true. It's like Orwell's. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys are from Louisville. They have two albums out. Uh, We will have a song of the week from them coming up soon. They're going to be, they're in the batting order, too. Cool. And uh, they smashed it, especially for 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Mm -hmm. when people really weren't sure what was going on. Uh, And then, let me see. What did we do after that? I didn't see Camp or Circle It. But then... um, Arkells. We get to the Arkells. Now... Uh, producer Lizzie and Mom went over across the bridge to Newport to get some food, and I thought you should join them. Yeah. And I regret that decision now because uh, the Arkells smashed well, it. I loved it. Well, they, yeah, um, and you'd seen the Arkells before opening for lights. I figured, oh, this yeah, the yeah, again. I forgot about that. They smashed it, absolutely smashed it. Uh, the, they, I know. Do you hate that too? <laughs> well, Dad did. was like well, on his knees praying to the lead singer when he came. <laughs> <out of> <laughs> well, hey, look. It's like this. Max, and we said this in the interview, you'll hear this in, in the interview, is that um, uh, when they're at a festival and they want to make new fans, they do things that'll... They, and he, he went into the crowd, pulled uh, uh, was singing with this one guy, and then they pulled some guy up on stage to play guitar with him. And uh, all the songs they did were almost all from their new album, which is great. Go download it. I, I, I bought it. I, I was asked for a free <laughs> I copy. I was only there for Gorillaz, though. <laughs> all right, See? thank you. <laughs> They didn't play. Run, running gag, nobody will understand. They didn't play after they can't hear her. All right. Anyway, yeah, they can. This is a this is a Yeti omnidirectional microphone. I I'll forgot about your new microphone. Sorry. I got Dad the pop okay. filter. So uh, anyway, the Arkell smashed it. That uh, they were they were the I think they were the <laughs> best band of the weekend. Um, Dreamers, I wanted to see because a buddy of mine at work likes them, but they were on at the same time. Another another problem. You've got to make decisions at Bunbury mm-hmm. still, and it's unfortunate because... I mean, it's um, like that everywhere, you know? It is, it is. I don't know if they do that in England, though. I think in England, everybody just plays on the Oh, in England, everything's better for you. Well, no, I don't know. Uh. I think, I think like, at Glastonbury and all those places, there's just the one stage yeah, everyone plays there, on that. Everyone just chills yeah. and rides the Ferris wheel. Okay, Flogging Molly obviously smashed it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, I did not expect to get as into that as I did. Yeah, yeah. I was so into that. And then, uh, who, uh, Watsky, I got to hear... You'll hear Watsky in the interview because they're playing right next to the interview room. Oh. <laughs> so, if you listen closely, you're going to listen closely. Uh, AFI, what'd you reckon? I thought they were good. I mean, I was I was impressed. They were fun to watch. They were probably the most fun to watch of, all, of everyone there because they were just crazy. You could tell that they were all kind of jerky, holier-than-thou kind of people, but their music was good. <laughs> They've uh, Yeah, they have a bit of attitude, and rightly, but they've oh, yeah. been out in a while, so... There you go. John Bellion, I wanted to see. I didn't get a chance to because he overlapped with um, AFI. And then oh I my god, I met John Bellion's guitarist oh, because yeah? I thought that it was the guitarist from AFI and totally embarrassed Whoops. myself. It was so funny. Whoops. I'm like, sign this AFI vinyl. He's like, I literally play for John Bellion. Uh, <laughs> you say it was all-time low, good hit? Yeah. Reverend Horton Heat. Uh, I didn't see that. Good. I, uh, surprised how much I like Rockabilly and that Psychobilly stuff. I didn't think I liked it. And then his set was really good. And he even bought an old-timey microphone to sing into. <laughs> an old 40s radio. Pure. It was really cool. Yeah. Uh, 30 Seconds to Mars. Very self-effacing. Didn't think he, old Jared Leto didn't think anyone knew who he was. <laughs> Did you hear oh him say that? Oh my gosh, no, I didn't. He was, he was like, you probably know who, any you probably don't know who the F we are. And I'm like, yeah, we know. We know who you are. <laughs> I Every every girl here has a DVD copy of that so, My So-Called Life. We know who you are, Jared. <laughs> True. 
Um, I wanted to see him only to say I saw the Joker in person, and then I don't know uh, what happened, but I did end up making it over there. Which brings us I think to... I wrote down the time wrong. The 1975, which is the reason we brought Lizzie. <clears throat> Producer Lizzie, you want to come over and tell us your thoughts on the 1975 set? Okay. She doesn't. That's the gag. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Hi. <laughs> this is the voice, by the way, of its Facebook, not Factbook. God, you say that every time. They get it. Well, they people don't know the listening. What'd you think? Um, I thought it was good. I was sad they didn't play Settle Down. I was sad they didn't play the city, so. Or the city, yeah. We're robbers. We need to all be in charge of their set list. We do. Well, they only got to play for an hour, so they had to make some decisions. Oh, whatever. Yeah, I thought that um, Maddie was drunk and high on the stage. You told me that earlier, yeah. Yeah. um, Oh, for sure. No doubt. And uh, that wraps it up with Muse, who you stayed for. And again, I didn't see any other Oh, my God. Muse was good, but. um, Loud. Loud. Yeah. Boyfriend and I got in a fight because when they started playing Starlight, I said, this isn't by Coldplay. So that kind of ruined the mood. (laughs) (laughs) I totally thought Starlight was by Coldplay. (laughs) But no, they were good. I wanted to hear Uprising live since elementary school. Yeah, that that, was good. That is going to be a good good live tune. All right. Well, there you have it. We're going to move on now to the uh, interview with the Arkells, and then we'll get to the song of the week, which, spoiler alert, is going to be from the Arkells. Oh, wow. uh, All right. Thank you, producer Lizzie. Thank you, fangirl. Why do we have such bad nicknames? I like mine. <laughs> I don't like mine. Uh, I producer Lizzie. I just that's. I don't know where I got that from. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> I had to call you something. What do you want to be? I don't know. Okay, voice of Facebook, not Facebook. No. No. <laughs> All right. On to the on to the interview. 1975. Bet. <laughs> So we're going to talk a lot about Canada, okay. the Canadian Football League, Hamilton, Good. all of which I'm huge fans of. You know, uh, Zach Coloros, Coloros, the former QB, went to UC. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's so, do you guys big Tiger Cats fans? Because I know you yeah. did a, the big. Uh, the song. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we're definitely fans. I'd say our knowledge of the ins and outs of the, the roster isn't quite where yeah the diehard would be. I like that with my teams. But yeah. we like going to the games. Yeah. We like that it's a Hamilton-specific thing. Right, exactly, yeah. Um, a buddy of mine and I, just probably back 1990-91, went up record shopping uh, to Hamilton and Detroit, oh, really? and we went and saw a game at Iverwine Stadium. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, saw them play the Argonauts. And the best part of the thing was how much the Tiger Cat fans hated the Argonauts. I know. That's, that's, that's their signature move. All right. The, the whole, like, that's my favorite. I'm not a, a huge sports fan in general. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things about going to a Tiger Cats game is just the... Uh, yeah, like Max was saying, the specific uh, idiosyncratic things like yes. pigskin pig pee. Or like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if you remember the old Iverwind, but like, yeah, that's where we like, were. Sitting yeah. on ben- like wooded yeah, benches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. And like people were parking on the lawn. Yep. Because like, it's, it's in a residential neighborhood for people listening. It's, it's funny though, too, because everybody else in Hamilton, and people in Hamilton for every other sport love Toronto teams because yeah. like, the Blue Jays or the Leafs right. or the Raptors. Yeah. Everyone in Hamilton considers them a fan of Toronto sports. Right. But because it's the CFL and because Hamilton has this other thing. Yeah. Like, they make a big stink about hating the Argos. But, like, it's not in a... You know, there's some rivalries where the fans truly hate each other. Yeah. And then, but, like, Argos, like, I don't know if they truly hate... Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a little more good-natured, I think. I can see, I can see that, because they have opinions of other Toronto teams. One last quick story, then we'll go to music. It's not like I'm Boston and New York. Right, right. I met these guys from Canada when I worked at the airport, and I was talking to them about that story about going to Iverwind, and the one guy looks at the other and goes, I never win stadium. Which <laughs> 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 they were from Winnipeg, I think. But anyway, so...
so music, um, to, to catch people up, not in the know, the Arkells have been together for how long? Ten years almost. Okay. About ten years roughly. And how'd you guys form? We met at McMaster University in Hamilton. Okay. Yeah, we met like first and second day of school. We had our first gig at McMaster Battle of the Bands and you know, we were playing all through college and we started like touring as soon as we finished. We were good mama's boys and finished our degrees. Okay. And then hit the road. We started, and in the first couple of years, out of school, we had part-time jobs, but a couple years into that, we sort of realized, turned around and realized we were in a full-time working band. So I hear a lot of influences in the band, a lot of, to, to the, someone familiar with the Canadian music, I hear a lot of the Canadian influence, but with, oh, nice. and a lot of the uh, American and British as well. But what, who were the big influences for you guys, would you say? Well, when we, first, we, we were at like the golden age, we were living in the golden age of Canadian indie rock when our band started, when we met in 2004. So okay. bands like... Stars. Oh, I love uh, stars. Arcade Fire. Yeah. Death of Above. I remember going to a festival oh, yeah. on Toronto Island, and the day started with Death of Above, then Arcade Fire, then Stills, then Sam. No, uh, Rubin Social Scene. Yep. Sam Robertson Sloan. Like that. I think I might be out of pilot also, but but I missed. But uh, like that was the last. Wow. And, and uh, like Arcade Fire was on like one in the afternoon. Yeah. So we living in living in Hamilton, we would see. Oh, Constantine's play too. Yeah, like the biggest deal. Yeah, like we'd see them, Joel Plaskett, Weaker Than, Winter Sleep. Winter Sleep. They would like, you know, come through Hamilton, and yeah. we got to have these like awesome experiences as young adults, like going to these Hamilton clubs and watching them play. And I think that if you want to like find the the kernel of the band Arkells, it's definitely a mixture of all of those. Yeah, influence. it's like uh, all those bands I think toured a lot, did like put a lot of work into their songwriting and and, uh, and told told great stories uh, about the diversity of Canada and the experiences there. So I think that all forms a bit of a base for us. And then since then, it's just been more and more diverse, I guess, which you can kind of hear in the records. Yeah, definitely. Um, so how do you guys like playing festivals? We do a lot of them, or yeah, we, we try to. I mean, I know it's, it's a big thing up north. Well, yeah, it's just getting to be a big thing here in the states again. It wasn't for a long time, but yeah, we like it. It's kind of a cool challenge because you get there's so many different types of people here that are seeing different types of bands. And today, for instance, like our our stage was in between the two big ones, and yeah. there's a lot of people kind of passing by. And I love the the idea of like trying when new people. Oh yeah, them. you yeah, smashed so, it. Yeah, thanks. I think you really did a good job. Yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah, we so we try our best to to look at every show as an opportunity to like make something special happen or to make a memory for someone because like for us it's like we can remember those early shows where we like saw a band do something that like yeah. made us dizzy you know and that was like so exciting and different it is a great way to discover uh, new bands totally. um, so you guys still see yourselves as very Canadian or because I know a lot of artists uh, actors and comedians like to, you know they come down from Canada and they want to be in the states and be in that scene or do you enjoy still being in the Canadian scene yeah I mean yeah, I don't think we make uh, particularly Canadian music. I mean, there's definitely some references to where we live yeah. in the music, but uh, and I think we're we're really proud to be Canadians. I don't. All of us live in Southern Ontario or in Hamilton specifically. Uh, yeah, I think we like try not to get too wrapped up, generally speaking, in like the narrative of who we are. Yeah. I feel like that's a kind of a weird way to live. So it's like, like I think our work and our day to day 
lives like sort of yeah. speak for themselves it's just like I don't know we like we definitely love, like love living in Hamilton but I also spent a lot of time in Toronto and I also spent a lot of time like we were in Cincinnati two weeks ago like driving through oh. we'd have a gig but yeah. we were on, on our way we stayed like literally across the road we're like hey we were just here it's like <laughs> I don't know yeah, we probably spend more time not not at home than we do at home so yeah. it's really hard to, to know anymore we're sort of a little bit nomadic. So where do you spend more time when you tour? I would imagine, because there's more cities in the States, you probably spend more time here. Yeah, that's sort of the exciting part. I mean, in the early days, we, we spent a lot of time up in Canada, developing markets in all the major cities, and sort of putting groundwork there. And more lately, we've been down in the States a lot. And it's exciting because there's so many people to play for. It's not far from where we live. Like, you know, we've had really gratifying shows, like in Chicago, New York, and oh, D.C. Cool. We played in Columbus a couple months ago, and it was like, oh, that was a great little sweaty club show. Oh, yeah, Columbus is a good town for, for music. Do the fans embrace the Canadianism of it? Because I know, you know, with the CFL and other things, Canadian people really kind of kind of try to grasp on that really like the CBC or something like that. But yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, it's like I think people are more attracted to like a great song Just, and, yeah. a, and a captivating live act, and then like where anybody's from. True. So speaking of the songs, uh, how do most songs come together? Is there a certain way that they usually happen or someone bring in an idea or does you just start with like a nugget of an idea that I'm excited about like a chord melody and like some lyrics and that's sort of what I struggle with and think about all the time but once I'm excited about it then I just sort of like hand over the most like sloppily recorded voice memo on my <laughs> iPhone and like that's like with my attitude piano I'm like guys I think there's something cool here and then and then we start throwing around references like ooh what if we did this kind of beat and then there's a lot more work from there and then, then we you know usually we'll do a demo in Mike's house and, and then the band will get together and jam it out and that, it's kind of a long but you actually think about like the whole process of like having a song from start to finish yeah and putting it out it's very long but we try to uh, read that Stephen King book on writing oh, yeah. I don't really read Stephen King but I like to right. talk about his process yeah and he kind of talks about it. He's like, I yeah, just keep digging. Like, don't don't be discouraged if you don't have an idea. Just like the, the answer is there. Sometimes it reveals itself quickly. Sometimes you gotta keep keep digging for it. But it will reveal itself at some point. I used to write songs to the guy in college, and uh, the, the, I still use the music for the wraparound for the podcast. So I don't pay anybody royalties. But we would get bored very quickly if we if the, if the idea wasn't working, we would just stop. And yeah, well, no, like, I mean, there's that too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like, like get. get Keep it moving, it's also a good piece of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. But then uh, I read Mike Scora, Flock of Seagulls, and uh, Wishing, which is the most beautifully simple uh, new wave song ever. He goes, it took him years to write that. Yeah. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, I had the, the idea for the melody, but then I kept working at it, and I wasn't right, this and right, and so it just kept, you know. Yeah. You, but yeah, you can, but that, I think the, the trick is not to get overly frustrated. Right, just yeah. Just like, there's a great expression, like, the harder you squeeze, the less you have. Oh, okay. <laughs> And, uh, and I try to keep that in mind. So not to get mad at yourself. Right. So are ideas constantly flying around, or is it kind of a, a process to get inspired? And uh, uh, Yeah, and I like to think, like, all of us are just, like, constantly keeping our ear to the ground. And I'm a real believer that, like, picking up things via osmosis is, is real. And so if, like, if you're just, like, listening to music all the time, or you're having conversations about this or that, like... It's sort of like you're always collaborating with the world and oh. then when it comes to um, creating your own stuff like you'll have this like 
body of influences that have shaped the way you see things. Yeah. So what would you say the biggest influences are? Like day-to-day life? Is it uh, current events? Is it all those like, things? Family, friends, current events, day-to-day life, music that's being made, live shows. I don't know. So what's what your favorite song that you love doing live? Changes, I think, for all of us from from, from time to time. There's some songs that get a more visceral response from the audience, uh, it seems. Uh, but I, I like playing the newest song usually. Like, I really like playing Knocking at the Door, which is like, our newest song. Knocking at the Door. Yeah, it's alright. <laughs> that wasn't yeah. quite. Awesome. Hi. Hello. Alright. I think we're almost done, actually. Like, oh, maybe we don't turn quite yet because I don't want to screw up the podcast. Yeah. Well, maybe leave it there for now. Waffle just kind of goofing things up as it is. So. This is this is the best setup. I interviewed Austin Plain last year, and I and um, uh, the the neighborhood was playing on the stage behind his trailer, and like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but uh, anyway, back to live tunes. Will so there be changes for you as well? Yeah, I mean, um, I think there's a moment that happens when you've been playing a new song that like has generally made the whole band a little tighter and a little have to concentrate a little bit more but then like I don't know sometimes it's three shows and sometimes it's 20 shows in where it's like oh it has just sort of become easier for everybody and the crowd feels it you feel it and then everybody sort of like the whole room is moving in unison together like so for our song My Heart's Always Yours yeah I felt like the first couple months of playing that song live did have this sort of like epic quality that I wanted it to have. And then we started doing this bit to catch the set. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where it's like people are sort of like yeah. swaying together right, right. on top of each other. Yeah. And then when the last chorus hits, people are all kind of dancing yep. and moving together. And like, I was like, oh, this is what I wanted. And it took like probably five months of playing that song to like <laughs> kind of get to that point. But I think that's a result of like people learning the music. And then us feeling really confident about performing it. And then thinking about it. And then, like, that idea actually came because we were playing in Edmonton on our tour. And we saw, like, a group of, like, five bros oh, arm and arm doing that. And I was like, this is awesome. I was like, everybody, <laughs> put your arm around each other. And that was just the result of, like, keeping your eyes peeled. Oh, and, cool. uh, yeah. So, so, so and there's no substitute for that, really. Like, you can kind of plan as much as you want. Yeah. And planning is good. But then there's also no substitute for like just doing it and seeing what reveals itself. Yeah, you never know what those bros are gonna bring to the table. Yeah, right. The they'll they'll they, disappoint you sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. In Britain, they always say they'll disappoint you often, but occasionally they'll offer you a gift. That, that's <laughs> interesting because you you wouldn't think that you you'd be you know uh, you know planning this for like for the live set, but like so when you see something like that, oh, this is happening. And yeah, then, you know that's that's my job. I think the guys are actually doing a lot more musical heavy lifting than me. Yeah. And I have to really sort of like keep my eyes peeled for like what what is interesting that's yeah. happening that we can take and make something out of. Very often, Max will come up after the set and say, like, "Did you see the guy with the thing?" And I'll be like, "No, man. I was playing, I was playing the old guitar. <laughs> I was trying to concentrate." <laughs> yeah. Well, some of the shows my daughter would go to see. Uh, she was in, she used to some screamo bands for a while. Of course, their big thing was always, "Oh, we want, we want this pit to open up," and that'd be kind of an inside joke for uh, my daughter and I. So yeah. whenever the crowd really gets moving, we say, "Hey, the pit's about to open up." Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I never really thought of that. Now, so you mentioned is that that's also part of the the uh, 
the whole thing too. You know, once you have the songs written, you're playing them. There's also the the live audience reaction. Yeah, you know, and we're pretty good at stealing from the greats. So, you know, <laughs> we toured with Frank Turner, and he's a great showman. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's a lot of moments that he kind of constructs himself. And he has a good expression. It's like, it's like you have to like lead people at the dance. It's like it's up to you. Yeah, to, yeah. To like grab them, you know, by the arms and make them move. He says it a lot more eloquently than Yeah, yeah. But uh, in a very British accent. But yeah. uh, but I keep that in mind. Because I like to try to find moments that can only happen at that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think at one of the top moments uh, here, you know, come into the crowd, you know, some of the bands at the vet have, uh, yeah, I think you're the first guy I've seen since the guy from Dalton Sebastian come all the way into the crowd, into the actual crowd, yeah. So well, well, I, cool. I remember, like, seeing, uh, like, even recently, Phoenix did that at uh, Shaggy Knees Festival. Yeah. They did, they did like, during like, the last song. I don't know, there's really humanizing quality to, to that move. Yeah. Where it's like, you're out there and you're like amongst the people. And right. And I have always said it's like rock and roll is way better when it's collaborative and everyone is working for it. Yeah, and everyone's really getting into it. So yeah. it's, a, it's a really great move. So what's up for the rest of the year that you guys are touring out the rest of the summer or is a, yeah, another album in the works? Yeah, it's like business as usual. You know, it's like that's sort of the way we've come to think about the band. It's just like, just keep working away at it because usually there's not one moment that where you go holy shit like now we figured it out it's like a collection of all these like little moments pieced together and so we'll be back I think in Columbus in Ohio okay uh, in the fall like we're yeah just sort of just keep building it because it's a, like anything we've accomplished has been like it's always like little things pieced together yeah I know a lot of bands are always afraid of flying into that rut like my favorite band OMD kind of went off the rails because they were in this very deep you know, album tour, album tour, album tour, and then we're over here in America trying to be successful, and then they got to the point where they couldn't stand each other, yeah. and they, you know, stopped working together for about ten years. And it was a healthy way to do it, and we try to, yeah, we try to keep pretty good tabs on like the mental health of the band, and yeah, I think if everybody is uh, being present and in the moment, and there's conversations about how do we, how do we make this as fulfilling as possible, then you can do it, and that, that's just a matter of being honest with, it, with yourself being healthy with yourself and I think I think you, when you see bands bands that break up like that is usually the result of like you know them doing it in an unhealthy way right yeah you know, and they would be the first to say that yeah yeah that, that's probably like not getting enough sleep yep. not, not going for jogs yeah yeah <laughs> it's the least fucking rock and roll thing to say but there's some truth to it yeah. well yeah yeah so, so how do you guys keep your focus when you're on the road then when you're do, doing that do you guys like I think everybody has their own way of coping you know yeah and What's a better word than coping? Um, coping has a negative connotation to it. Yeah, I think that that touring is a fairly unnatural way to live, and yeah. it's uh, kind of unstructured. Like it's uh, you'll have time off at very weird hours, and uh, you'll be it's like the very hurry up and wait kind of life. I think just finding ways to make it feel more like a normal, uh, a normal life. At least yeah. for me, it's it's Makes just sense. kind of about. Uh, and like Max was saying, I think being present is just sort of understanding when moments are chaotic. It's just because that's the way it is for this time, and, and yeah. that you can 
if you can step back and just sort of see how it's all moving, that's that's important. Uh, but there, I, yeah, but there is no boilerplate way of staying healthy and being in a touring band. You just kind of gotta do your best. If I had any advice for young bands, I'd say. Yes. Uh, eat one salad per day. Just <laughs> yeah. Try to find, just, right. you know, just ca- carve out some budget so <laughs> that everybody eats one salad per day and no more than one hamburger. There you go. You know, that's probably because I, I do think there's a physical part of this whole thing too. And if you can try to stay physically healthy, you could have never been more physically healthy. Though, yeah, right? yeah, we're hot. Yeah, we're hot. <laughs> I'm not, it's on this podcast. I guess people can't tell. Yeah. We're hot. Right. We just imagine the hottest guy you know. That's what we look like. Yeah. <laughs> well, great. Max and Mike, thanks for joining us. Thank this will you. be uh, right up the pop culture beast. Also, I see your P. Rose and the Gamblers hat. If you guys would like, uh, we one of our sponsors is a t-shirt company. Do we have a shirt, Cincy Boots? It's behind the stage you were on. Oh, nice. Come by and get some free t-shirts. They'll take your picture for Instagram. And nice. you guys can pick out whatever you like. All right. So, uh, swaggy swag. We'll try to that? take a bot. This shirt is sweaty, so I might need it. Yeah, one. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Darren will be there. I'll be there for part of the afternoon. being on the show, although I have now just discovered it's just Arkells, it's not the Arkells. Go to ArkellsMusic.com, you can find out where they're going to be all summer long, and uh, they're playing mostly festivals, so do check them out, they are doing a show, well tonight, at the House of Blues, as I am recording this, uh, they're in Chicago, Illinois, and then like I said, they're all over, mostly Canada in the summer, looks like, they may be back down here in the States, yeah, they're in Buffalo, August 19th, but yeah, just go to ArkellsMusic.com, and you'll find out all the Arkells information that you need. So like I said, the song of the week is from Arkells, and uh, this is the song they opened with. Most of the songs they played in their set, it was a half-hour set, are from the new album, Morning Report, which came out in 2016. It is a great album. Uh, They've played one of their older hits, too. But uh, this is what they opened with, and what's interesting is, if you go to iTunes and buy this album, like I did, I didn't bother asking for it like I usually do. I went and bought it and helped the guys out. They're, They're just working guys, like you and me. But I looked at the uh, little thermometer next to all the songs, and of course all the singles uh, are all the way over on the right. Uh, And so is this song. This song was not a single, but I think a lot of people have seen them live recently uh, and heard the song and were like, wow, i got to get that. So this is uh, A Little Rain, a song for Pete. That's what they opened up with, and uh, they came out and they meant business uh, with this one, and then the whole set was great after that, of course. So this will be our song of the week, A Little Rain, a song for Pete. P.F. Tape Recorder, so long, and thanks for listening. Yes, I was. Yes, I was.